Well, good morning, Church. How good it is to be together again this Sunday morning. I hope you've been enjoying our series on Heroes of Faith and Prayer and that it has encouraged you. This morning we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. One of the great things about church is how the diversity of the body, that sort of you lot, functions together and encourages one another in faith. So this morning we have a number of contributors who will be sharing with us about their heroes of faith and prayer. But before we launch into that, I have a couple of points I'd like to address. As you know, if you've missed any preach on or message in the Hub, you can watch again on YouTube or access the audio through our website. If anyone missed Phil's message last week, I'd encourage you to listen again. He doesn't need my approval, of course, but I thought he made some excellent points from the story of Gideon, including getting us to think about who the real hero is. The undisputed hero of the biblical narrative, and of course any narrative that follows, is of course God. And certainly any hero worship going on should be directed at Jesus and to God the Father. But the term hero is broad, and in the sense that we draw inspiration from our heroes, I think there is great value in the experiences of other men and women of God. So do I seek to emulate my heroes in every aspect of their lives? No. Jesus is the only perfect example we should follow, and the only way to a relationship with the Father. But do I seek to emulate my heroes in specific aspects of their lives, their attitudes or actions that give me strength and encouragement in following the ways of Jesus? Yes, absolutely. So without further ado, let's have our first contribution, which is about a man who exhibited a rare quality the encouragement of others. Ray. Hi, my name's Ray, and I want to talk to you today about one of my heroes of faith, a man called Joseph. We meet him in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, and there he is described as a Levite, so of the tribe of Levi, the priestly family, and then also as a Cypriot. So obviously he has come across from the island of Cyprus at some point and, and become a Christian, there in Jerusalem. He is related, well known by the apostles because they are the ones who renamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, which seems to say an awful lot about his character. Now Barnabas is um, introduced in the fact that he takes Saul to the apostles when he re uh, appears in Jerusalem following his conversion in Damascus. Now, the apostles and the disciples were too scared of Saul to actually try and engage with him. But Barnabas forces the issue, and Saul is launched into the Christian community and starts making a great big noise around Jerusalem in favour of Jesus. We then come across Barnabas a little bit later on. The apostles have heard um, about a movement of God in a city called Antioch, further up the coast. And this movement is amongst a group of people called the Hellenists, or Greeks. And there, they are Gentiles, basically, non-Jews, and the apostles want to find out exactly what's going on. So they send Barnabas to find out, obviously a very well-trusted man and a key man in, their, in the way they work. So Barnabas goes off to Antioch, finds out that it's all good and loves the work there, but needs some help, and he gets Saul. And this is Saul's introduction to leadership. So Barnabas is actually a key person in getting Saul launched in the church. 
Later on, Barnabas and Saul go on missionary journeys to Cyprus and all the way through. through. Eventually, they split up because they have an argument about a man called John Mark. And that's the last we heard of Barnabas as he sails off to Cyprus to visit churches they previously founded. So why do I think Barnabas is such a great hero of faith? Because he is an encourager. He takes people and he helps them. He moves them on the church. He sees their potential and helps them fulfil it. And we can see that with Saul. In fact, without Barnabas, would Saul, or Paul as we know now, have achieved everything he has um, gone on to do? So that is one of the really great things about him. And that is what I want to do. I want to be an encourager and I seek to do that. I don't always succeed, but I hope that many of you have been encouraged by the things I do and say. And I certainly make an effort to go out and encourage those who minister in our church. And I would like to encourage all of you to do exactly the same. Thank you for listening. Bye. It's interesting to think how different our Bibles may have looked if Barnabas, in obedience to God, hadn't been such an encouragement to Paul. Many of our heroes of faith and prayer come from the Bible, understandably so. Some stories and characters are more well known but the inspiration they give us is no less real. I don't really know if he's a hero of faith, but he's a hero and one of my favourites. Um, David from David and Goliath. So my hero of faith is Noah from Noah's Ark. Because he's just this little teenager that his brothers, I think, just saying that he was too weak and no, oh, you can't come to battle because you're too small and you're just a teenager and you're not going to beat any of them. And in the end, up in the end, he does with a little, with a sling and a little stone or rock thing because he obeyed God no matter what, even if people called him crazy for building a massive art in the middle of a field. They he just didn't back down and he carried on. And Goliath is like this huge giant and he's just this little teenager on the ground. Um, and he just, I guess he trusted God that it was going to hit Goliath and knock him down. He also left no animal behind and every animal was saved. And I think that's just very nice of him. It's been an enormous privilege to receive and listen to you telling us about your heroes. It's great to share these with each other, because often we get a fresh perspective on certain aspects of even those well-known characters. Here's Eric on Abraham. Well, hello. I want to just share um, some thoughts as to something that I've been taught about prayer by Abraham. And the incident I'm thinking of is the incident where Abraham meets with the Lord and the Lord says, uh, reveals to him, first of all, uh, that Sarah is going to have a son. Now Sarah laughed. Uh, Abraham earlier had already said, well, we're going to see how it's possible. 
because I'm 90 years old and uh, Sarah has gone through the menopause. But then, having made, reiterated the promise that Sarah was going to have a son, the Lord then goes on to tell um, Abraham exactly what he was planning to do, particularly regard Solomon Gomorrah. And at that point, this is where it gets interesting, Abraham doesn't just accept it and say, yeah, they deserve it. No, he says, well, really? Are you really sure about that, Yahweh? Are you sure? I mean, what if there are 50 righteous men? Are you still destroy it and destroy the righteous along with the wicked? And then in, uh, the rest of that in Genesis 18, there's a conversation where Abraham negotiates or even bargains or argues uh, with the Lord about how many um, righteous men uh, would in fact stop Solomon and Gomorrah being destroyed. And he eventually stops at 10. What strikes me though about that whole interaction is that Abraham didn't just accept it. He didn't just say, yeah, yeah you're, you're right, you're, you're right to do this. He actually argued with the living God. And what strikes me then is that that is perfectly all right with God. He does not, how can I put it, he is not put off by straight talking. He's not put off by people being blunt with him. As I said earlier uh, in Genesis, um, Yahweh had said to Abraham, you're going to have a son. This is after Ishmael had already been born. Uh, he said, no, you're going to have a son through Sarah. And he said, really? <laughs> how come? God appreciates straight talking. And I find that so encouraging. I don't have to use pious words. I don't have to use a particular form of words. I can, but I don't have to. Because God appreciates straight talking. He appreciates honest questions, even honest doubt. All from this conversation that Abraham had with the Lord. Thank you for listening. I don't know how many times I've read that story and others like it. And for some strange reason, my brain doesn't want to connect my concept of prayer with this conversational or even argumentative dialogue with the Lord. Jesus taught us how to pray, but our prayer life rarely lives up to what we would want it to be. And this is where we draw encouragement from the story of people like Nancy's hero, Praying Hyde. Hi. One of my heroes of prayer is a guy called uh, John Hyde, and he was born in the 1860s. And I remember reading his biography when I was first became a Christian. And he was a missionary in the Punjab of India. I'm not sure why he stood out to me and impacted me back then, but here are a few of the things that I remember about his life. Um, first, when he travelled on the boat to go to India, he was full of pride and arrogance and really wanted to make a name for himself. And it was only on receiving a letter from a family friend praying for him to be filled with the spirit that he, uh, after a battle with himself, come to realise that was true and humbled himself before God in prayer and cried out for the spirit and was filled with him. He was also... Uh, partially deaf and slow of speech and so he really struggled with learning the the languages of the region of the Punjab 
But again, he persevered and pushed through. And I think those things stood out to me about the man. He worked for years and saw little to no uh, harvest. There was just nobody coming to Christ through his work. And he realised that the thing that was missing was prayer. And so he started dedicating himself to pray day and night. And this brought a complete change around in um, the success of his work there. And with a lot of local Christians and a, a few Westerners, they began the Punjab Prayer Union. And they would pray for uh, a soul a day to be converted to Christ. And they saw that happening. And after that, they would pray for two. And that happened. And there was this complete transformation. And I think it bore in me a belief that when we pray, the world around us changes. And intercession was key to whatever it was that God wanted us to do. So there's my hero, Pray and Hide. It's inspiring to hear of the faith, courage and patience of John Hyde. But we also find great stories that inspire this in the Bible. Esther is one that springs to mind, thanks to a video sent to me by Grace. My hero of faith is Esther. Esther was raised as a Jew by her cousin Mordecai, who taught her to trust God. When the king chose her to be his queen, she went away to live in his palace. A man called Haman hated the Jews and persuaded the king into signing a law that all the Jews should be killed. Esther knew she had to take action, but she could not go to the king uninvited because she would be killed unless the king said otherwise. So she prayed and fasted for three days and all the other Jews did the same. Then she went to the king and he let her live. She then invited him and Haman to two banquets. At the second banquet, she told the king that Haman had ordered for her and her people to be killed. The king immediately ordered all Jews to protect themselves against any harm and had Haman killed. I'm inspired by this story because Esther took a big risk to save God's people and prayed through it all. She was very courageous and she also was very patient. Patience has been a big thing in my life. I've had to wait years for things and then they haven't come and, and then I've had to hold on to hope for the next one and take it to God along the way. It's great to hear our youth being inspired and encouraged by the Bible. Thanks to Grace, Jack and Adam for being willing to let us use those stories. Some of my heroes, as a parent in particular, are people like Rhoda, Nick and Karen, who put so much of their time and love into our boys. And of course, everyone else who is involved in inspiring and shaping our children and young people. Heroes don't only have to come from the Bible or from the 1800s, of course. They can be people who motivate and inspire us by who they are and what they do today, or things that they have done in living memory. Just like this list of heroes sent in by Rose. Hi, my name is Rose and today I'd like to tell you who some of my prayer heroes 
and faith heroes are. The first is Corrie ten Boom, whose family helped Dutch Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during the Second World War. They were captured and taken to a concentration camp. Corrie survived and shared her story with the world. For me, Corrie is a good role model because her story challenges me to be thankful in all circumstances and to trust God more. My second hero is Pete Gregg. I recently read his book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. This, along with recent sermons, has challenged me to change how I pray and to pray more. My third hero is Dave Oliver for his Faith in Corona series with his Five a Day. I've been challenged and inspired to stand firm, to look up, give thanks, reach out and make a difference and also to look forward to heaven. The next group is a big group. It includes all my friends, house group and prayer intercessors who've all stood with me in the gap through one of the toughest times of my life. Um, and as a result, I desire and feel more confident to stand in the gap for and with others. I'm so grateful to God for all these heroes and many more that remind me of God's power and his willingness to help us when we pray and to step out in faith. I too am inspired daily by my church family, my friends and my biological family. Speaking of which, here is one half of one of my biggest inspirations to tell us a little bit more about someone who played a big part in her journey of faith and to whom she, and therefore vicariously I, owe a lot. With me, you get two heroes for the price of one, as my first introduced me to the second. The first was my Sunday school teacher, Molly Mason, who took me under her wing when I was a teenager. She prayed for me, and with me, and she gave me a book called By Searching, which drew me on as I looked for God in my life. The author was Isabel Kern, my second hero, a Canadian who was a missionary with the China Inland Mission to the Lisu people in the 30s and 40s of the last century. The book details her journey from a life dedicated to pleasure and her own worldly ambition to her life being given over to whatever God wanted for her. She reached a crisis and was on the point of taking her own life when she remembered how much her parents, who were Christians, loved her. And also a quote from Dante which led her to ask if God would give her peace. When he immediately did so, she responded by promising to do whatever God wanted with her life. Through the story of her education, training and eventual life in China, I learnt that God could be trusted in every situation, that he would provide all I needed, not necessarily the same as what I wanted, and that his timing is perfect. It also showed me how Isabel persevered, even when she encountered real obstacles to her calling, and that he never let her down. Subsequently, I read her other books several times and found them inspiring. Her example led to my first steps in seeing that whatever I did with my life, I wanted it to be what God had for me. Two heroes then, one totally unknown, who cared about me when I was from a family who, at that time, didn't go to church, and the other, more famous, 
whose example really set my feet on the right path. Trust in God's provision and timing is certainly a lesson I am having to learn through lockdown and the situation it has created in my life. I am sure many of you can relate in your own way. Our parents are one of the biggest influences in our lives, for good or ill. And for those of us blessed to have grown up in good, loving, God-fearing households, our heroes will inevitably include those who faithfully invested so much in our upbringing. A sentiment lovingly described here by Sharon. Hi, good morning and um, thank you for giving me this opportunity to be able to tell you who my heroine is. Um, and those of you who know me, who know uh, my family background, um, I hope you're sitting down because yes, my heroine is my mum. Um, and it, the timing of, 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 of the request for, for us to share who our heroine, her, hero uh, uh, are, it is, is brilliant because um, my mum died in March and uh, her birthday is on the 26th of May and she would have been 90. Um, and so this is a kind of like a, an, an honouring of her really, as well as a testimony of God's uh, faithfulness and healing in my life. Uh, my mum is my hero um, because um, she never gave up her faith uh, in the most dire of, of situations. Um, she suffered so much loss in her, uh, her life. She, um, she lost her, her son, Raymond, when he was 10 months, she had a miscarriage um, and then she had a phantom pregnancy. And then, in, in, and, and the phantom pregnancy was in the 50s. So she thought she was giving birth to a baby and it wasn't. So, you know, quite horrific stuff. And, um, and then of course my sister died when she was 46 of cancer. Um, and then she's had her son and me, her daughter, um, also have cancer um, so but you know God is good that was her men that was her mantra God is good and God is good all the time she would say and and, and I just want to thank you mum for the legacy that that you have passed on to me which I can hold in my heart and genuinely say throughout all the things that I've had to deal with uh, in my life and those of you who know me really well know what I'm saying um, I can genuinely say hand on heart God is good a very moving and emotional testimony thanks for sharing Sharon so we have seen that heroes come in many shapes and sizes. 19th century missionaries, our very own nearest and dearest, and characters from the biblical story. Each without fail, pointing us towards the real hero, God. Here are some final thoughts from Karina, which express that so well. 
So those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of, of the wings, God's shadow over me. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety, is my God and I trust him. His faithful promise is are your armour and protection, a protection that will never fail. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Always remember he is real, he is very, very real. These evils will not touch you. They are, your, they are around you, but God is present forevermore, never failing and never ever letting you down. The Lord says, I will rescue you, those in my name. I will rescue you and restore you in Jesus' name. In that moment of need, God is there, even when you don't know it and you don't see it. God is right there. God alone is my light and my shelter. The alone is my refuge. I trust in God alone. He will protect me from every sneer. He will, he does, and he can. He can do more than we can do. And I thoroughly believe in that, that he can do more than we can do. I've been through quite a living in my own, I've been through quite a mill, but I've come out the other side, and I'm still here. And I'll thank God for that. And I'll thank Jesus that he's my saviour. To the end. Nothing ever more. Bless you.